So you know how people say at this point, the cure is becoming worse than the disease when it comes to COVID? That is literally the angry, woke PC mob personified. They at this point are becoming worse than the very thing that they're trying to fight. If you are part of this angry mob, you get angry, you see something, you tweet. You tweet at a professor you're trying to fire, at a celebrity who you think appropriated culture, whatever it may be. I hope at some point you realize that you are so much worse than the people that you are going after. That is the irony here. You guys are the very thing that you allegedly despise so much. I got to tell you guys, today was one of those days. I read the news. You know, it's about to be tomorrow's New Year's Eve. Fresh slate. Even though we know that the dumpster fire will probably continue, but nonetheless, I read the news this morning and I just was like, God, I just feel, you know, those days where you're just like, I kind of just, I just want to crawl into a hole. I just want to crawl into a hole, not to be depressing. You know, I keep it upbeat in this bitch, but man, I got to tell you, it just was like, you look at it, you look at what's going on and you can't help but be depressed by it. Now, I will tell you, I'm going to give you a little warning. This episode is about to be the most Mrs. Claus, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Mr. Rogers, Ronald McDonald, Ring Around the Rosie Patty Cake you will probably ever see me. So take it in while you can. I had to hop on here and talk about this, though. I had to because I see what's going on and especially the way it pertains to my world. Culture, pop culture, the news, we're gonna talk about that, these outlets, and how everybody is filled with such hate and spite right now. And I get it, it's a rough time, right? But it makes you think, is it just gonna keep going like this? When will the pendulum swing the other way? And it makes me think about my place in the media. Because as you know, if you've listened to my show, I've written for many mainstream. I've been I've been reporting for mainstream outlets, you know, for the last almost decade. New York Magazine, VH1, Hollywood Reporter, Us Weekly. I look at these outlets, not so much them, but more like the New York Times, which we're going to get into. And I just am like, what is my place? And that's something I think that we're all thinking right now, right? What is our place? I think a lot of people's place they think right now is to police everybody. And that's what I really want to point out today. I'm going to drill this home. I see so many stories of Twitter users going after, you know, even lately, Hilaria Baldwin. Another one I saw this morning, I think was a Princeton professor who referred to COVID as the China virus. Now students are trying to get him fired. I get where you guys are coming from. I get it. You think you're doing good. You're saying, hey, that's not right. It's not nice that Hilaria appropriated this culture. It's not nice that this Princeton professor called it the China virus or Chinese virus. So I get it's like your heart is in the right place. But this is again where I bring it back to the beginning. At some point, you have to realize you're doing more harm than good. You're doing the very thing that you hate. Let me tell you this. One of the stories I woke up to this morning was about a Vox writer. Now, Vox is a left-leaning publication. And we have heard, I think one of the co-founders actually, like many other, you know, thought leaders and journalists and writers this year made like a big thing about his departure saying I co-founded Vox, but it's not what it used to be. If you read between the lines, he basically is saying he quit and left and is pursuing his own endeavor because of the thought police, the woke culture, you know, being in the the strict Nazi regime of that, okay? 
we know that this is going on behind the scenes there. You know, Barry Weiss left the New York Times, Andrew Sullivan left New York Magazine, all for these same reasons. And I've talked about it throughout the show before. Journalists getting reprimanded behind the scenes or getting their things edited or cut because they're not in line with the, the PC culture. So we know this is going on at Vox. Yesterday, or it was this morning, there was a Vox writer, his name is Aaron Rupar, okay? He tweeted about the congressman-elect. His name was Luke Letlow. You guys probably heard of this. Congressman-elect, and he was only 41, passed away of COVID, left behind two young kids. So this Vox writer tweets today, congressman-elect Luke Letlow passes away, 41, period. What a tragedy, period. And embedded in his tweet, was a tweet from the congressman-elect. He's a conservative. He said, you know, we've taken precautions on a state level, on a federal level, but we, if we don't start opening the economy, it's going to be detrimental. So basically what this Vox writer does is kind of mocks him and, you know, waves it in his face, essentially saying, you got what you deserved. You got what you deserved because you, you didn't take this seriously. You wanted to open the economy. And so what a tragedy. Now you're gone. I mean, how... I just saw that and I just was like, now, my first thing about this is I put myself for a minute in the position of somebody who would want to cancel, I guess. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. As disgusting as I thought that that was, I still was like, you know what? Let him like do, if that's what he wants to spew that hate, go ahead. Let him, who am I to police him, right? I can't bring myself to do it. And that's the point I want to make here. I often on this show, right? That's the whole point of the show. You could say a lot about it. I ruffle feathers. I get people riled up. I get in the controversy and I poke fun at the PC culture, whether whatever it is, feminist, trans, I poke fun at it. But if there's one thing you can't say about me and about this platform and our dialogue is that it spews this kind of hate. And that's what I want to tell you guys. That is why I despise the cancel culture so much. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is, right? It's hate, it's bullying. And one through line that has been in every single episode that I've had is letting people live, live and let live, let people be. Even with this writer, Aaron Rupar, I'm not gonna go on here on Twitter and do a whole tirade against him. I'm gonna think what I think about him, but you know what, you do you, my dude. You do you, guy. Let people be. That's why I am so passionate about this. Don't censor my speech. That's even why I get so twisted about all these rules regarding pronouns and this and that. I don't think that people should have to be limited to these rules and labels. And if you don't call them the right thing, then you're a bad person. Let them be. Let me talk in a Spanish accent and make flatas if I want, despite the fact that I hail from New England. So here's another thing about this, this writer, Aaron Rupar. People said to him, kind of what I just said, really? This man deserved to die and to be punished because he didn't want people to spiral into poverty. That's what one writer wrote. And you guys know how I feel about this. I've talked about COVID many times. I'm on the same page, right? I think that we have to be cautious, but I don't think that we should let people suffer and lose everything they've built in their homes and their livelihoods either. But this is the thing. So this same writer, he's reprimanding this, this deceased politician, but they also found that he tweeted parades, mosh pits in the streets 
when Joe Biden won, saying there's a party outside the White House, right? Not calling anyone out there. This is what I mean. And I'm going to get into how the right does this as well. And I'm no political expert, I'm going to say. But again, now that it's sunken into everything in the media, which is my world, like, how could you not? This is what I mean. Like, this is a perfect example. He is doing the very thing he hates that the right does. Each side, when will they realize they are doing the very thing that they, they hate about the other? Here's an example of the same sort of thing on the right, of somebody taking advantage of a vulnerable situation and pushing a political agenda, which isn't cool, right? And that's the thing. I had a conversation with my friend about this earlier. I am the first person. That, again, is the point of this whole platform. I am all about express yourself, say what you have to say. I think forms of speech should be exercised and allowed. It's up to us to decide if we like it, if we don't, if it's harmful, if it's this or that, right? We're smart enough. I'm the last person to police your speech. But in both of these cases and the one I'm about to say here, this is where it kind of gets obnoxious. It's like, I get that again, it's so divided and polarized, but now you guys are getting to a point where you're like crossing a line to make a political or a personal point. And that's where I'm like, that's just tacky. But again, I'm not gonna cancel them. I'm not going to go on a tweeting tirade. Let them be. That's one of how you want to live your life and the trail you leave by all means. So on the right, Nicole Arbor. And it's funny. Let me just say a sidebar because I think that what happens because a lot of the times when I speak out about that, this stuff and because like I challenge the mob constantly and and like provoke it. Even in my last episode, right, with Hilaria, I talked about how Alec Baldwin is like the number one instigator of the woke culture constantly shitting on Trump and this and that. Me merely pointing that out, I, I could see, and I, I have already gotten, I get it, where people are like, oh, she's a gun-bearing, pro-lifing conservative, which isn't true. I do think that the left is way more intolerant and are the ones to perpetuate this folk culture, of course, than the right. And it's funny that associating yourself with like free thought and free speech puts you in the camp of the right. I guess that's a whole other episode in and of itself. But regardless, I mean, you can think what you think. It's all good. But it's funny how the disdain for the right runs so deep. That is, even if you like point something out like I do or challenge the woke, like you're automatically in that camp. Just that's something to think about too. But you know, think what you got to think. It's fine. I've had people like, you know, text my mom, be like, your daughter's so radical. I'm like, that's a new one for me. Radical. Do you guys think I'm radical? I'm saying the truth that is radical that people think I'm radical how's that for meta situation beta what is it okay so Nicole Arbor she is a comedian she's like a conservative activist and she has been on Twitter saying that if you want to combat COVID it's on you don't be a fat fuck you know, eat, take your vitamins. Maybe you should exercise and, and eat healthy. And if you're not so fat and unhealthy, then you can combat COVID. This is again, just like the Vox writer. You guys are like so, so extreme. I agree in that why aren't physicians really talking about, you know, I've heard people say, take zinc, take z vitamin D. I think it would go without saying like any illness. Sure, exercise, take care of yourself. But it's like, we have this girl out here being like, well, it's kind of on you. And like, if you're fat and unhealthy, so too bad. I mean, is it funny? I, I sure you could take it that way. But again, I, I see it as the same as this Vox writer. Like just why, why? And at some point too, I understand again, I'm addressing you the woke 
and I'm addressing even people who, who would give me pushbacks, right? Say Hilaria Baldwin, since this is still fresh and in the news and her New York Times article came out this morning. You have to stop and think, do I have a dog in this race? Because I hate to break it to you. Say Hilaria, let's stick on that example, right? If you're a, a white person, you don't have a say in this race when it comes to her appropriating Hispanic culture and being an immigrant. Now, if you're an immigrant or you're Hispanic, that's a different story. You're entitled to your feelings. I can't dictate how you feel. I bring her up again, Sade Spence, my good friend, entertainment journalist. She's a black woman. She even said in one of my recent episodes, white people co-opt everything. You guys get so up in arms about battles that aren't yours. And again, I get it. Your heart is in the right place. You want to see social justice and people being represented and fairness. But this hate and these tweeting tirades and this thing, like you are doing more harm. You're just making it worse. Like I said, you are worse than the perpetrator that you are going after. And that's what bugs me about it. It's like, who are you to say how an actual Hispanic immigrant should feel about this or feels about it. You don't know. So that's why I've talked about it before. It just feels like empty, like topical surface level, like fighting the fight. And it's like, you don't really know. Who are you to say how someone else feels about an issue that's theirs? It's like the time that the blast, it's kind of like a TMZ, tried to make me out to be a me too victim with my experience with Morgan Freeman. And I said in a piece, I wrote an op-ed in Playboy and I said, nobody, I'm not a victim unless I say I am. And that's the problem here. It's like, you guys are making everyone a victim and half the time they may not even feel like one. Stop it. You guys like to co-opt everything and make it your battle. And now it's like, you're trying too hard. Stop. Take TV host Liliana Vasquez. I don't know her background. I'm assuming by her name, she is Latina or Hispanic, right? And she has been going on and on and on and on and on about this Hilaria business. Now, it probably strikes a chord with her personally, right? Because of her heritage, that's fine. But again, what is going on and on about this lady? What is that accomplishing? Calling her out for being a fraud and this and that. And you know, as this story has unfolded, I do see how obnoxious it is that this woman built a following based on being authentic. And it's clearly like, well, you weren't. Clearly like she is authentic as the Trader Joe salsa. But I'm just saying, I get why people would be like, oh, that's so annoying. Then unfollow her. Why do you have to make it your personal mission to bring somebody down? What is that accomplishing exactly? And like I said in my last episode, is it really that? I might still even argue. And I said, if you are Hispanic, if you're an immigrant, that's a different conversation. That's a different thing. But I might even still argue there. This is where maybe you become a little too sensitive. I'm going to say that we are in a time where we are so entitled to our feelings and it's the most important and we put it before everything. Did you ever think that maybe, and this goes to the white people too, picking battles that aren't yours, you're just becoming a little too damn sensitive. At what point do we say enough is enough? Did you guys see this New York Times piece? Not the Hilaria one. It was called something like race, another R word, I can't remember, and a reckoning. And the story is about this 17-year-old girl, a teenager, whose fellow classmate saved a video of her on Snapchat singing along to a song, and she's singing the N-word, and saved it now for three years and unearthed it. This 17-year-old girl, for singing along to a song when she was 14, now is kicked out of her college, I think in Tennessee, can't go to school, and the New York Times rejoiced. 
they were like propping her up the 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 classmate who destroyed her essentially a reckoning right you should be ashamed of yourselves new york times ashamed when i get your emails like subscribe one dollar i'm personally insulted like i'm about to sage my inbox really you you're propping up and celebrating that a 17 year old's life was destroyed because of singing along to a song when she was 14 it kills me before I did this episode, which was impromptu, I saw on, I shared it on my Instagram story, a video of this BMW SUV in Manhattan getting destroyed. I think it was like 21st and 5th Ave, if you know, you know, getting destroyed by this mob of people. Somebody threw a bicycle on the car. This man runs up and jumps and smashes the windshield. And in the caption, it says a man was bringing his elderly mother to go see the lights in Manhattan. And by the way, when this was happening, she was absolutely scared for her life. And I saw it and I just was like sickened. Number one, because it's in my backyard. I used to live in the city as well. And also like, what kind of world are we living in? The hate is just so unbelievable. And that's why I wanted to hop on here and talk about this. Like the last episode of 2020 started the show in 2020. How ironic that I would end it being Dr. Phil when I'm known for getting people all riled up. But hey, it's got to happen sometimes. It's got to happen. I mean, what is actually happening? It's like a bunch of barbarians. Like what is happening to us? I saw another story yesterday. It was in the Wall Street Journal, I believe, that these teachers, you guys, are trying to destroy and prohibit famous fucking books. Mark Twain, The Odyssey iconic historic books because they say this group of people say that they're the time is a different context they perpetuate hate and I see how you could be like well wait Taylor you're contradicting yourself because you're saying that there's this hate in the streets and in the media and so wouldn't censoring and censoring these books isn't that helping isn't that getting rid of the hate and see it brings us like the ring around the rosy to where we started full circle censoring and shaming and guilting and punishing people dead writers from 200 years ago to a celebrity to a college professor it inadvertently does the exact thing you guys are trying to avoid hate so let me say this as we go into 2021 again take a snapshot of this you may never see your girl this kumbaya again but maybe that is, that is the, the context of everything that I do and say on this show, right? It is a little kumbaya when you think about it. I do provoke and poke the bear of the woke and the cancel culture. So on the surface, you would think, oh, this girl doesn't care. She doesn't care about us little people or this person. No, that's the exact, do you see? That's the exact opposite of what this is about. I wouldn't be caught dead cheering on somebody, getting attacked, shamed, canceled. Like I said, as annoyed as I was, even by this Vox writer inside me, I couldn't even bring it out to be like, yeah, yeah, get after him. Yeah, pile on. I wouldn't be caught dead. Bring this into the new year while you're sitting there with your champagne and your existential crisis. Stop and think, am I part of the thing that I hate so much? I'm going to keep moving and shaking and doing what we do because at the end of the day, we all deserve to just be. Say what we want to say, think how we want to think, and shaming anyone for otherwise, that, my friend, is what should be the hell canceled. 
Thank you guys for your support this year. It's meant the world to me and I can't wait to keep this dialogue going in 2021. I wish you guys a beautiful New Year's Eve. I know I will be raging with my parents on the couch probably. It's going to be wild. I can't wait to continue this on with you in 2021. It's going to be even bigger, even better. No punches pulled, sweetie. And if wanting people to just live and just be gets me canceled, gets you canceled, bon voyage. I will see you on the other side. Happy New Year, guys. I'll see you in 2021.